0: Welcome to the Robert Affalter Show. I am Robert Affalter and let's get started. Today I met with my mastermind partner we were talking about desire. And I've talked a few times about desire and he and I have been meeting together for a while now. And one of the things we're working on is what is our true desire? And we've had trouble just coming up with that. And each of us, we don't, we aren't even thinking that we have to have the same desire, but we wanna have something that together we are working toward. And we thought of several things and yet it doesn't seem quite right. And I showed up today and I said, well, I think I'm getting closer. And I told him about reading the story of the king and the night yesterday on my podcast. And I said, what if we can't decide nothing quite seems right because the ultimate goal, the ultimate desire is to be so close to God that God is working through us. God or universal intelligence or whatever it is you want to call that part of us is working through us and we kind of get out of the way and allow that to experience our lives what if we did that instead of following our programming and that's kind of my perception of it and he was having a little bit of a struggle with that i think (laughs) so so we explored that a little bit more and i said if you look at it biblically um if you look at what jesus taught when he asked was asked how to how should we pray he said to start out with our father. And he didn't say my father, and yet he often talked about it's my father who does the work. It's not me. So what did he mean? What's the difference between me and my father? And I was explaining that when I had the experience of with the medium and spirit guides, the medium is like the channel, and you're speaking to a spirit guide, and these spirit guides had names and egos and um, were quite full of themselves actually and you know they know what i should do and on and on and it was similar to talking with two people and i explained the difference between that and when i was talking with carolyn um what i experienced there was love and i and as i have said before i found both to be quite emotional experiences both of them um both talking with the spirit guides and um, talking with what I called innate at the time uh, were emotional experiences and helped me see who I was. However, talking with innate was different in that there was no name and I couldn't discern any ego. What I saw or felt was just love an unconditional love with no judgment. So what should you do? Well, you could do this or you could do that. There wasn't any judgment on it. if you do this, you'll get that. It was more of a there's more like an equation If you do this, you'll get that. And and that's how I came up with this law of fair exchange. When you do something, you're likely to get something back. Um, If you do something that's not nice to people, you're likely to get something nice back. (laughs) Imagine how we could apply that in our lives. Wouldn't our lives be better if we recognized that? Do we want to just fight each other or would we like to do something different? I guess right now, comes to mind is this peace accord that's being signed in the Middle East. I was listening to the radio last night and somebody was saying that what they're trying what they're trying is something different in the past they've given land for peace. That was the trade-off. We'll have peace we'll give you this amount of land and then we'll have peace and what's being tried now is giving peace for peace. You just let's just have peace and I'll exchange not Firing on you if you'll just not fire on me. Let's <laughs> let's get together and have peace. Isn't that a great thing? I hope that works out because trading land for peace didn't seem to be working out. But as we go through, not only do we see this separation when Jesus talks about the father and, and the son. And what I've been saying is I'm comparing the son to this, what I'm calling the programming of the brain and the father is the innate you or the spirit that can actually control the programming and that has to be above or higher or somehow in control of however you want to look at that in control of your programming in control of the matter of your body and we see Jesus talking about that and I think you'll find Paul talking about the same thing when in the Bible when Paul's talking he'll sometimes say and I don't have an example but I think I've seen where he says well this is me talking um, to separate from when it's he Paul himself talking versus the Spirit of God talking through him and if we look at it that way if each of us is really has this two parts to us then what if we came at life trying to control our programming or trying to overcome our programming or rewrite our programming and Trying to do this in such a way that we were actually trying to express God through us in this non-judgmental love that passes understanding, that just brings peace. What if that was what we were trying to do? I find that inspiring. I was in tears this morning just thinking about it. I mean, how great is that? And... How could you have a better desire? And my friend says, oh, you just get up and just sit around until you had the idea of what you were supposed to do. And I said, well, <laughs> I don't know that that's the way it would go, but yeah, what if it happened like that? What if you just waited until you were directed? Or what if you started off, I'm not sure that you can just sit there, but what if you started off in a direction and trying to watch for which direction you're supposed to go once you got moving? I remember, uh, having this discussion with my son once, and we were talking about whether you had control of your life or not. And I said, well, we just go sit in the corner and see how your life turns out. So I don't think you can just sit in the corner. I think sitting and meditating and waiting for an idea might be a very good idea. However, there are times, and I've heard of examples, um, the example comes to mind of Mikau Usui, who started Reiki. And I'd have to look up the actual story, but he was looking for something in all the libraries, as I recall, in different languages, trying to figure out, you know, similar to what I'm talking about. And he got this idea he was going to go out and fast and be alone in, in the wilderness until he got something. And I forgot how many days he went and he finally just was knocked over and saw these symbols. And when he got up he had this energy about him that could heal people and it sounds like now as I've described that I'll have to go back to Carolyn's book and see if I can actually find a story that would make an interesting podcast to just go through the history of Reiki but there is something that we can look to aspire to be like and it's it's I, I prefer to think of it as our true nature and how can we be that and i think what we have to do is recognize first of all that that's a possibility and secondly to look at overcoming our programming a friend of mine posted on facebook about um racism and gender inequality and all these things and uh, that wise people see that we're all one and the not so wise people focus on the separation. And I certainly think that's probably true. However, I pointed out to him that based on brain research, what we think we know is that the brain has evolved over time. The scientific explanation, as I understand it, is that the brain has evolved over time to save glucose, the sugar that the energy that powers the brain So if you knew that you were in a situation or in life, let's say where you're constantly struggling to find energy, then your brain would adapt. Those brains that had the best ability to utilize the energy that was given to it would survive. So from an evolution standpoint, the brain that adapted best would be that that needed the less least energy. And to do that, the brain develops some, some, uh programming that allowed it to survive without having to think a lot so it reduced the power requirement and one of the things that helps us is if something looks like me it's less likely to be a threat than something that doesn't look like me now think about that in terms of predators think about that in terms even of war in war we each side wears a uniform so that we know quickly that this person's on my side or this person isn't on my side. And it's a brain thing. So we're trained to look for that. And it's similar with um, a team sport. We wear uniforms so that we can distinguish our team from the other team. And if you think about that as a brain thing, then the tribe that we belong to doesn't necessarily wear a uniform, but they look like us. And the tribe that might be against us and competing with us for food or energy doesn't look like us. <coughs> and that's what these differences are that we're talking about, whether it's uh, racism or ethnicity, however we want to speak about it. I'm having difficulty even thinking about it right now. But these differences that we put up between us, we have to actually overcome. It may may actually be programming, and it's not programming that happened to us since birth, it's programming that happened to us before birth. It was an evolutionary process. And in order to overcome that, we have to become the operator and programmer of our brains and reprogram ourselves. And each of us is gonna have a different background And some of us are going to find that's easier than others because of this different background. (coughs) So as an example, if you grew up in a family who for generations had slaves, and maybe it was generations before you were born, you still have that in your history. And people that don't have that in your history don't have that to overcome. And that those people that don't have that in their history are going to be critical of you because you can't overcome it. And yet, if we only look at the scientific standpoint, if we don't think about the part of us that is spirit, that can actually get control of the body and of the brain and actually rewrite the programs, if we only look at the scientific part of it, that it's an impossibility to get control of our brains. And that's what I was trying to explain to a friend of mine that was... Posting this is that it's an impossibility. It's the only way that possible that we could do it. It can't happen on an individual basis. It would have to happen, as an example, if we put everything, everybody, through a similar schooling. So if everybody wore uniforms, so we created everybody to have the same experience, then perhaps society could rewrite the program over time. And that might be a scientific explanation, but it certainly doesn't give us an individual free will, the ability to control our programming and rewrite it for ourselves. And that's what I'm about. I want to help us to rewrite our programming, fulfill our desires. And I think perhaps for many of us, the basic desire for those that are trying to be a little more enlightened, at least the basic desire is that to be one with God. To allow that love to flow through you without any condemnation, without any judgment of others, just to allow that love to flow and experience what would happen if love and peace flowed through us. What would be the fair exchange for that? Could we bring peace around the world if we began to think like that? All right, we're gonna cut it a little bit shorter today. We cut it shorter yesterday too, but I wanna give you something to think about. Think about that. Is is that your true desire? And if you had all the money in the world, as I was telling my friend Gary this morning, if if you focused on money and you had all the money, but you didn't experience that love, wouldn't you still feel that something was missing? And if you could look at something with such love that it brought tears to your eyes, if you had tears of joy, would it matter how much money you had? Would that be just enough? All right, that's it for today. Robert Affalter signing off, and thanks for listening.